This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Challah is a special bread of Jewish origin, beautifully braided and typically eaten on Shabbat and on Jewish holidays. Rita Yosef is a chef, a baker, and a broadcaster. She recently hosted the very last Together Through Bread workshop, which featured challah bread and a few other treats. We're so pleased to have Rita share her skills, so let's find out a bit more about her. So I will introduce myself a little bit so we'll know who the person is going to be blabbering for the next um, hour and a bit. Um, so I'm Rita, uh, I've been teaching in Christchurch for around probably, I've been here 19 years, so I've been teaching probably around 17 years. Um, I used to run cooking classes for groups, I used to run cooking classes, individual cooking classes, and around six years ago I decided to focus on young adults with special needs, and I actually run cooking classes for young adults with special needs, and um, I'm the only one in New Zealand that actually does that, apparently. Um, I really enjoy it. That's my passion. Um, I used to do home-cooked meals, delivered, I did all sorts of things, but I decided now to move on. And I'm an artist. I've been an artist all my life, and I decided to push that, and that's what I do, sort of combine that. And I have a podcast that I run uh, for the last four months, uh, three months, uh, called Shalom Rita. So if you're interested, go to Plains FM 96.9, and it's every Sunday, every two weeks, at six o'clock in the evening. And I actually give a recipe. So, and it's in English. So I'm, I'm sure you're going to enjoy some songs and the recipe. And you can find it afterwards on my Facebook page. And, but today, as you heard, Laura asked me to come and um, show you how to do the challah bread. So you pronounce it challah. So it's not chala. It's so it's in English, it's hard for English speakers because they don't have the So that's the way you pronounce it, challah bread. Uh, it's a Jewish plated bread that can be without eggs and it can be completely vegan. So what I do today is going to be completely vegan bread, um, except of the egg brush on the top. So if you want to eliminate that afterwards in the recipe, you can just brush it with oil or, or water and put the sesame seeds like that or any other toppings. Uh, today, um, around the internet, you can find a lot of recipes for challah bread. Uh, I'm going to be giving, uh, giving you a recipe that my sister actually using for years and years and years. And that's a recipe that actually um, I'm, going, I'm planning to publish a cookbook. And that's a recipe that's actually supposed to be in my cookbook. Um, additional to that, I'm going to demonstrate another two recipes of yummy dips that you're going to be eating with your bread. So you're going to have some lunch, yay. Uh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> um, about myself a little bit, I have two adults. No, I have two kids that are adults now. They moved on, they're both in university. My daughter does psychology, uh, masters, she's almost sort of finished. And my son is doing engineering in Auckland. Uh, so it's just my husband and I and my little dog, Lily. So that's sort of, about a little bit about my personal life and about my family. I live in Rolston, which I moved a year and a bit along. And there I have my studio and I do my classes. Uh, so a little bit about the bread. Um, I think it's important to know a little bit about the food you eat too and about the traditions behind it. Uh, so it's a traditionally dairy-free bread and that's usually prepared for the Jewish Shabbat. So the Jewish Shabbat, it's the meal that you have before Saturday. And you usually have all sorts of blessings. You bless on the wine. And you bless on the candles. So I brought my Shabbat candles. And sort of you invite the Saturday into your house. And I have a special kind of cloth that you put above the challah bread. And this is my cloth, which says good Saturday or good, good holiday. And I prepared the plated challah bread. I will just open them up. And I will show you how you actually bless on the bread before I give you the recipe. And hopefully afterwards you can 
stick in and do some hands-on um, baking. Shabbat. So it's a bread that you actually, you can use any bread for the blessing, but additionally, that's what you use. In Israel, you can just buy it in any shop. You just go and buy and they prepare the challah bread. Um, it's a type of a brioche, you can say, bread, because it's nice and light, but it doesn't have any butter inside. Does the flats have any significance? Yes. So some of them symbolize, some do like 12 trades of plates. And that symbolized the 12 uh, tribes of Israel. So it goes from three to four to five, and the list goes on. I, I will demonstrate the three today. So I will, I will tell you why you bless on two loaves. So you actually have to bless on two loaves of bread. So you do need to prepare two loaves. You can make them smaller if you don't want to waste it and you have like a small family but usually it's minimum, minimum two loaves. And the reason for that is, um, so there is a saying, it's sort of traditionally said that you need to bless on two, two breads. I'm just trying to find why you need to bless on two. Um, because I, we usually just bless the blessing. And actually I was curious why we actually bless on two loaves. But that's something that it says that you need to bless on two loaves. And that's the tradition. So, um, so today the common practice of the diaspora jury is to burn a small piece of challah. And home bakers fulfill this with tossing the piece into the back of the oven. That's another tradition. Um, so on the eve of Shabbat, two loaves are placed on the table for, here you go, to the reference of the Jewish teaching that double the portion of manna fell from heaven. You know what's manna? So there was a story about when the Jews came out of Egypt and they were starving. So they asked for God for help and he actually put some bread of the sky for them. So that's why it's double. So in Israel, a lot of things repeat themselves. Like you say, prosperity and joy. And because it sort of, it emphasizes the, the blessing. So that's why it's for two. Oh yeah, I found it. Um, um, so it's for the manna that fell from heaven on Friday to last through the Saturday Shabbat. So that's why you sort of bless on the two. So we hold the bread like this, and usually it's the man of the household. So I think that I'm a, I'm a man. That's the tradition. And they say, Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam, amotzi lechem in haaretz. God that, you know, bless on the bread that was given us from earth. So that's the way you bless on the bread. And then you take a little piece of bread and you dip it in some salt. And some, some people um, toss it and they throw the bread. I don't like that so much, but that's family. Some family traditions do that. Some just pass it between, between the, you know, the people that eat the meal. The tossing, it's more kind of a fun thing, I think. <laughs> to toss the bread and give to each other. Some, we have friends that say, no, you have to toss it. You can't just give it. I'm like, okay. Fine, yeah. So that's the way you sort of um, bless on the bread, okay? Probably other traditions have similar, similar... Yeah, they, they said when they, I think, when they went in Russia, bread and salt is a way of welcoming people to, you know, it could be somebody to a new house, you take bread and salt around and things, and I think they took it to the space station things. Salt, yeah, salt has lots of meanings in yeah. many, many traditions and many nationalities. So the plated Jewish bread, it's a very Eastern European. So if you come from Turkey, I'm not sure that the Turkish Jews used to do the plated bread. So it's a very Eastern European tradition that came and got spread between everyone and everybody do the, the, um, the plated bread. But you can bless on any bread. So if it's a pita bread or it's any bread or it's the Turkish bread, it doesn't matter as long as it's bread. Okay, but you need to have two loaves of that bread every Friday evening. Every Friday evening, the woman of the house blesses on the candles. She blesses for her family. And then the man usually blesses on the wine. And he raises the glass, you know, for the Shabbat. 
pass it between the people that were sitting on the table and the bless on the bread. And that's the way, just before they need to start the dinner. So you have to eat the, the challah bread before you start any other food, okay? So that's the tradition. All right, for the recipe itself, you're going to be doing that really soon, so listen carefully. <laughs> um, we need one kg of white flour, six tablespoons of brown sugar, one tablespoon of salt, half a cup of canola oil or rice bran oil, or you can, if you want to pay a bit more, uh, you can use olive oil because olive oil is a bit more expensive, but use the olive oil, sort of the one, not the extra virgin, because it will just give it a stronger flavor. You can if you want to, but it will just change the flavor of the bread. Uh, two, three cups of warm water. And why I say two, three cups? Because you need to start from two cups, I will show you, and then you need to see if you need the third one, because sometimes the flour is different, and you will see how much it needs to be absorbed. The dough needs to be a little bit sticky and light. Okay, I will show you when I have one that's already made for us. Um, we need one egg with a bit of water for the egg wash, and we need some sesame seeds or poppy seeds and a bit of sugar if you want to. Now, as I said, on the internet, you can find so many different challah breads. You can find filled challah breads that they fill the strays with chocolate and anything you want, and then you plate it. And so you can actually go on the internet, look at what's there, and play around and be creative. So it doesn't have to be this traditional bread. But as a bread, that's the one I enjoy. And it has a bit of sugar, so it has a bit, a bit of a sweet taste. To it and it helps us to develop the yeast. So what I will do, I will actually sort of don't, I won't do the, one, the whole kg because I want to leave the flour for you guys to try. So I will just um, divide the recipe to four and do that, okay, more or less. Um, so we need to, first of all, most important thing, don't forget the oven. So it says 180, but the, the, yesterday night I put my oven to 200. And bread likes really hot temperatures, okay? You probably know because you already did other breads. So that's what we're going to do. We're heating the oven to 200, 180 to 200. Depends if it's fan bake or bake. Um, I usually use my, my big mixer. So if you have a mixer at home, it will take you five minutes to do the bread, okay? If not, you just need to use your hands and muscles and walk it out, okay? And so basically we're going to we'll first sieve all the dry ingredients and then we're going to put the, the oil and the, the water, okay? So I don't know how many of you worked with yeast, yeast before. Hands, yes, yeast, yeah. If you all buy bread makers, yes, I see one little guy there in the back, well done. So how do you wake up yeast? You can take your mask if you want to say something, Sula. Warm water sugar. Sugar. Well done. You have a knowledgeable young man here. Um, so, yeah, that's the way. Because these are a living thing. And sort of they come now, they sort of they sleep. So we're going to wake them up uh, by giving them food and water, okay? And lots of love because that way they will grow, okay? So that's our yeast. Um, and I use, I don't know if you ever use those ones, but I like those ones. I will tell you why. Because when you buy it in a jar, um, they sort of go off a little bit and they die because they're sort of the driest. But I just find them not working so well as those sachets, those ones that you can just put as much as you need. And they always feel like fresher. I don't know why, but that's my sort of my personal um, like you can use fresh yeast but you need to look up what amount of fresh yeast you can find fresh yeast today in the supermarkets when I arrived to New Zealand couldn't find any so that's a sourdough sort of it's it's a different bread so it won't be really challah bread you can you can look up recipes and see if they do challah bread from sourdough but yeah. that's sort of the traditional one you can do gluten-free challah bread uh, you can replace the 
uh, brown sugar to white sugar and uh, white flour to wholemeal flour if you want to make it a little bit more healthier. Um, you can try and use maybe, um, what's the name of the, uh, the other flour? Um, oh, I will remember in a minute. Um, so you can do that and try if it works for you or if you want to make it a bit more healthier. It's up to you. This is yummy bread, not so healthy, okay, because it's white flour and brown sugar. All right, so let's start. So I will divide the recipe into four, but when you are going to do it, you can do it as a group. So you can use maybe half a kg because one kg will make four loaves of bread. So it's, I'm talking about big loaves of bread, okay? So I think I have around three and a half kgs of flour, so hopefully it will be enough for everyone. Okay, so you don't have to make them so big, you can make them smaller ones, okay? You can always keep it for tomorrow for your sandwich, okay? So I love very much, by the way, when you have leftovers of this bread, you can make the most beautiful French toast from that. So don't throw it, keep it, you know, even if it's dry, you can put it in the toaster or you can do a really nice French toast because it's just, it's just like a brioche. You will soon try it and you will understand what I'm talking about. Um, all right, so I will show you how it's done. So now I want one of the, one of the young, young um, women and men here to tell me why we need to use scales when we do baking. Uh, anyone? Anyone wants to answer the question? No? Okay. Anyone? No? Okay. When you do baking, you need to be accurate with your, um, with your recipe uh, because it's basically science and chemistry. Okay? You do one mistake, it doesn't work. Okay? That's why I prefer personally do more <laughs> cooking than baking. But you do need to be um, careful. All right? So, I'm going to do 250 grams of flour and I'm going to sieve it okay I like that my flour is nice and fluffy so watch carefully because you're going to be doing it in a few minutes have 250 okay now I want to do my yeast so I will need if we have 50 grams how much we'll need to divide it to four who can tell me how much 12 and a half so those we sashes have eight grams in each of them so probably we'll need one and a bit Now, it's really nice to do this recipe when in the summer because the bread will go up really quickly. You just put it in a warm place and it just... But yesterday, I prepared a whole batch for us and I put it in the fridge and it went crazy and you think, oh, that's weird. But... All right. So I will put around 12 and a bit. 12 and a half will be hard, but yeah, that will do. All right. So I'm just going to spread it here, okay? Now, what other dry ingredients we need? We need some salt, okay? So I might just use my other salt. So how much do we need of the salt? So if it's one tablespoon of salt, half of a half. So we need a quarter. So don't put it straight on the yeast, okay? Because it can kill it. So we'll just put it on the side. And we need some sugar, okay? So that's actually my, the love of sweetness and the food for the yeast. We need some sugar. So where's my brown sugar? And so it wants six tablespoons. So divide to four. So half, it's three. One and a half. One and a half of the sugar. 
that's, you have all the dry ingredients inside and I'm just going to give it a mix. All right, my hands are clean. So that's the stage. If you do use a mixer at home, you can use the pedal or you can use already the hook just to give it a good mix. Right. Then we have all the wet ingredients. So we start with the oil. Okay, so I'm actually going to use some olive oil today. And um, we need half a cup. So we need just a little bit. So uh, quarter divide to half. So we'll just use half of the quarter. So you need to know mess for cooking. You do. I hated mess when I was at school. And then I became a chef and I thought, oh, I still need to use mess. But it's good. Good that I knew a little bit. All right, so I'm going to put the oil inside and now the water. So the water, it has to be lukewarm water. Who can say what's lukewarm water? Anyone? Body temperature. So it's around 36.8, 37 degrees. So the only way to know it is to fill some water and then touch it. So... Um, so I'm going to put some hot water and I'm going to put some cold water. Because too hot, it will kill it. It will kill the yeast, so now it's good. So you touch the water and you feel that it's actually your body temperature. So it needs to be just a little bit warm. Okay, it's really, really important for this recipe. So if we have three cups, uh, so it's around, we're going to divide it to four. So it's going to be uh, 250. Who can do it fast? 250 divided four? 100 and something? 62? 62 mils. So something I can use. Yeah. All right. So I will fill this. And if we need more, we'll add a bit more, okay? So that's the stage you need to start mixing it with your hands. You fill the water and you start mixing. So we'll mix a little bit when the olive oil is inside. And then I will start adding the water and mixing. Don't put the water all at once because then you will end up with a sticky dough that you need to add flour. You can do it. It will take you once or twice to see how you adjust the recipe. I haven't done this bread with my hands for a really long time. So we need a little bit more water. You can see that it's still quite dry. So it might be a bit more. I will add another 40 mils and see if that will be plenty. That's why it's two to three, okay? On one kg. It's already getting a bit more sticky. So it's one hundred. If you do amount of two fifty of flour, it's hundred mils of water. Right. You can see that it's a little bit sticky. Yeah. Even if it's a bit more sticky, it's actually good. It's better. Okay. All right. So that's the moment you can take it out of your bowl. And I will start kneading it. So why do we need bread? Knead with a K, with knead. Why do we need bread? Not to eat. Why do we need the bread? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we're developing the gluten, which is sort of makes it nice and sticky. And nice and fluffy afterwards when we bake it. Okay. I'm going to grab a bit of flour. So not to have so much flour on your bench, okay? So um, I'm going to start kneading it. So when you knead bread, you pull one side and you fold it. Turn it around. Pull the other side, fold. Turn it around. Right. If you have mixer at home, you use the mixer. 
It makes your life so much easier and you can finish this bread like very quickly. <laughs> All right. So it needs to get to very nice, smooth consistency. And I will show you how it looks after you kneaded it and left it to rise, okay? So you can see it's, it's actually nice and soft. So you probably need to knead it around 10 minutes, not 10 minutes, probably five minutes. In a mixer, it's easy. You just let it run and run and run and run. Meantime, you prepare your other stuff. You can see when the hook's starting to get off the sides of the bowls, you know that it's the bowl, you know that it's um, done. Meantime, I'm doing some morning exercise. <laughs> I don't need to go to the gym. Saving myself. Hey. <laughs> All right. So when the dough is ready, you leave it for around an hour in a warm place to rise. So usually what I do with the bowl, you have a big lamant, you put some olive oil, I actually can do it now and show you, or oil, any oil. You drizzle a little bit of oil and spread it in the bowl. And the reason so it won't stick Stick to the bowl and you grab a bit of flour. You sprinkle it in the bowl and then you get rid of the excess. And you put your nice bread to rise. Okay? And I usually cover it with a clean tea towel or you can use a glad wrap. Alright? And it needs to be in a warm place. Alright, so. How easy was that? Okay. So now to the next stage. What happens to the bread after it was um, it's risen? So look what I have here for you guys. Wow. All right. So that's actually two kgs. So that's the way it looks after it was risen. All right. So you knock the air off and you see that it's quite sticky, okay? And I will put it on the board. It's a lot of, a lot of, well, it will make around quite a lot of, probably eight loaves of bread, so it will be enough for all of you here. So you sort of, you want to knock the air off the bread, all right? And I will show you now how you plate the bread and how you place it um, to rise again. So it actually has two rises. So one is when you just leave it, where is my other one? Here, to rise for an hour until the yeast develop and it doubles in size. The second time is when you plate the bread, you put it on a baking tray and you let it rise again and double in size. Okay? So it is a process. It takes around three hours to make this bread because considering you have maybe not two, two and a half hours to prepare it, okay? So what I will do, I will cut a piece of that. I won't use everything because I want you actually to plate this dough. Um, and I will take a baking sheet. Because I want to already prepare my sheet for baking. So I have my baking tray and I'm going to divide it now. If you want to be like a professional baker, you can actually use the scales, again the scales, and see how much it weighs, the piece you cut. So it's two, six, eight, and you divide it into three. Who can tell me how much is that? Quick, mess. <laughs> 80? 89. 89. All right, thank you. All right. And then you sort of cut 87. That will do. Yeah. So you have three pieces of bread. 
So the way to start plating it, you need to do a long thread. All right, so we have one thread. Now they can be longer, they can be shorter. It depends the size of the braid you want. Now you can do, watch videos on the internet with four threads, five threads, six threads. People do all sorts of amazing stuff. You can do a round challah braid. You can, feel this, you can feel it by flattening that out, putting your filling inside and rolling it again. So you can do sweet, savory, anything you want. It's a very versatile, versatile recipe. So you sort of want them more or less same, same size. So now everybody that knows how to do plate probably know how to do that. If you practice on your hair or somebody's hair, yeah. So you just plate the bread. Connect the edges. And you sort of want to pack it a little bit like that. So 250 makes a little, little bread, but it will grow, okay? It will double in size. So it will be more or less, maybe a little bit smaller than that one. All right? And you place it. Okay, don't leave it on your board to rise. Because trying to lift a risen bread, it won't work. It will collapse and then, no. Put it in the baking tray and then you put all your toppings on the top. All right? So grab a wee bowl. I'll just use a piece of, piece of uh, paper towel to brush it. Put a bit of water. So I put a little bit of water with my egg wash. So usually use a pastry brush, but I'll just use a um, paper towel. And you just brush your bread. Now, if you don't want to use an egg, you can just use a bit of oil or water. I put it in the middle like that. And that will give it really nice color. Okay, all right, that's one. Now, uh, you can use all sorts of different toppings. So I have sesame seeds. That's sort of the traditional one. But you put some uh, sesame seeds on top. So we'll do a little bit of sesame seeds. I love sesame seeds. It actually gives really nice kind of nutty flavor. I have some za'atar. I don't know if you heard about za'atar. So za'atar, it's um, dry thyme with sesame seeds and sumac. And you can use that and put that on top. And I have some black sesame seeds or the jello seeds if you want. And you can just do that. All right? So that's your challah bread. Okay? Now we need to wait for this baby to grow. Okay? So we'll cover it. We'll put it in a warm place and we we'll, we'll need to wait until it doubled in size okay now if you have an oven that you can do proving that will speed up the process okay some ovens do proving so it's great all right so basically that's it i hope i wasn't too rushed who wants to put his hands and start making it <laughs> yay all right awesome At this point, the challah workshop got very noisy, with over a dozen people giving it a go. While waiting for their dough to rise and bake, Rita demonstrated a few yummy dips, a cashew and courgette pesto dip, and a capsicum walnut dip called muhamra. All right, everybody finished making the bread? Yay, well done, everyone. I have very talented students. You all done so well and so don't forget if you're making it from scratch, let it rise. Yeah? In a warm place. Alright. So give it lots of love, send good energy so it will start growing. Yeah. Okay, so meantime until we're waiting for our breads, I'm going to demonstrate two dips that you can actually eat with the bread and you'll be able all to try it. Um, one is a courgette dip and the other one is a 
capsicum dip. So they're quite summery recipes, but I thought it's almost end of summer. We need to enjoy those vegetables as much as we can, and soon we won't be able to. <laughs> um, so if you have a look, you have the recipe in your booklet. Uh, for the cashew and courgette pesto dip, um, you need one tablespoon of plain olive oil, two large courgettes cut into cubes, half a cup of natural roasted cashew nuts, two garlic cloves, one teaspoon of turmeric, one small pack of fresh basil, salt to taste, freshly ground pepper. So I'm actually going to double the recipe because there are so many of you. I thought you can all enjoy it. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to give them a good wash. So I have four courgettes. And I'm going to cook them. So heat in the pan with some olive oil and roast the courgette, okay, until it's golden. So you just fry them until they soften. Okay, so we're going to chop them into cubes. So I'm cutting them into half and then half and then I'm going to. So the sort of the idea that it's even, it's because you want them cook evenly. So that's why you sort of when you cook vegetables, you want them to be even. Sometimes it's for presentation, you know, if you walk in a Michelin star restaurant, you want it to look really nice. If not, you're going to lose the stars. So I had a few people asking me what kind of cooking classes I run. So I run cooking classes for kids too. I run cooking classes for adults. So it's not just for special needs. I run cooking classes for everyone. So if you want to come and have a, a couple's night with a nice dinner, you can come to my house and my kitchen and do a nice dinner, a three-course dinner or any kind of recipe. Or you can call me and say, Rita, we want to learn how to do this. And I will do my best to teach you how to do it. All right. I'm going to put some olive oil in. So I will use two because um, I'm doubling the recipe. Thank you, Lottie, for being my sous chef. So it needs to be quite hot before we start and we just fry it. I might do it in batches because we have quite a lot and it's not a big pan. Because if we put, what happens if you put too much stuff in one pan and what happens to the food? It doesn't fry, what happens to it? It starts steaming, it starts steaming because you have liquid, usually vegetables or anything, it starts, or chicken for example, it will start, you know, doing the liquids and, and then it won't, it won't cook. So how do I know if the oil is hot? Anyone knows? A good trick? So you can always stick a wooden spoon in the oil. And if you see bubbles around your wooden spoon, you know it's hot. All right? That's, a trick. That's perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. So I'm going to put my cosette in. Do you need the extractor? Yeah. Sorry guys, it's, in my house it's very quiet. I made a special one so I can teach. This one is a little bit loud, so I might, I have a loud voice so you can hear me. I'm, I'm sure of it. All right, I'm putting the first two ones. So I just want to soften them up and give it a bit of color. Okay, meantime I'll prepare my other uh, ingredients. So um, I'm going to use garlic. So I'm doubling the recipe. So I'm going to use four cloves of garlic. So we'll teach you a nice trick how to crush a garlic. So I have four cloves. So first of, first of all, with the crushing, I put the hand on the top of my knife and I use the back of my hand to crush the garlic and then it's really easy to peel it off right because the skin just breaks and it falls and then I'm going to show you how I'm using some magic to crush my garlic yeah so sometimes you need magic in your cooking too 
and you don't have to be a, a wizard or witch for that. So I'm going to cut the, the top of my garlic. So I take my garlic and first of all I want to chop it properly. So I'm going to chop it. I'm chopping my garlic. And now to crush it, I'm going to use a magic powder. Who knows what's the magic powder to crush the garlic? Who said salt? Well done, Lottie. Salt. So I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of salt. And that will work like grains of sand. And it will help me to crush the garlic. So I'm putting the edge of my knife. And I'm using the edge to crush it. Now, lots of people say I use a garlic crusher, I use this, I use that, but the problem with garlic crushers that lots of it stays in the garlic crusher, and then you end up with half, and garlic is expensive, so you think, uh, so you can actually do it like that. So you can come and have a look and see how fine it actually gets, just like the paste you buy in a jar, yeah. all right? <laughs> Too exciting? <laughs> Right. Now we need some turmeric and then I'm going to use my blender. So we have some turmeric. Now turmeric is actually really good for you, especially in the winter because it's antiseptic. So it's actually really healthy to eat food with turmeric. It does give nice color to the food too. And I need some basil. So I'm going to grab the whole bunch of fresh basil. Yep. So I have my basil. And you can use other herbs if you want in this recipe. So you can use um, parsley, tarragon, dill, or thyme, or oregano, or mint for different flavors, okay? To achieve different flavors. All right, and the, the other thing we need is our cashew nuts. So I'm going to use a cup. So, all right. So that will go into my blender. Okay. So it's a bit hard to do it without blender. So if you have one at home, I do recommend. Even if you have like the the one for the shakes, the neutral grain or whatever. It's like your second hand when you cook a lot. So I'm going just to stick everything in. Garlic, cashew nuts. Nobody allergic to nuts? No. Should have asked it before, but. Um, and we're going to put the seasoning. So we have the turmeric. So I'm going to put two teaspoons. And that will color it yellow and give it nice um, flavor and smell. And of course, we need some salt, salt to taste. So it's up to you how much you want. You can always try it later and adjust it. Some freshly ground pepper. And you just whiz it up. Right? So it's good because it's, it's actually fresh vegetable vegetables if you want you can have a look in my website and I give all sorts of different spreads too you can do winter vegetables you can do cauliflower you can do carrots all right yeah I will put it in a bowl and then I will show you how to do the other spread we're all going to have really nice lunch and I actually made another one a third day at home from eggplants and that's my treat to you guys it's like baba ganoush yeah it's with um mayonnaise and garlic and lemon juice but you can make baba ganoush with tahini too if you want all right so this is one spread you can always um decorate it with a bit of basil i used it all but you can use um some parsley actually i can use yeah, it's a beautiful color, isn't it? So that's one. Yep, here you go. Second recipe. So it's called a uh, muhammara, which is red in Arabic. 
So, Ahmar, I think it's red. All right. So, um, for this recipe, we're going to use some capsicums. I actually already pre-roasted them at home because I didn't know how long it's going to take the whole process here. So, you take the fresh capsicums, you put some oil on them, and you roast them in the oven for, for until they sort of getting nice color. And on for two on 200 degrees Celsius, again, hot oven. It's good because you already have the challah bread for 200 degrees, so it's the same temperature. And it looks like that after you roasted them. Okay? So the best way, because you need to peel them. So the best way is after you roasted them and it's nice and hot, you cover it with tin foil or you put them in the bowl and you cover it with the lid. Okay? Because the steam will actually help the skin to come separated from the capsicums. Okay? So that's the best way to do it. So I'm going to grab one. And I'm just pinching the skin. And easy, easy, it peels off. It's even easier when they're a little bit warmer. How's your challah bread? Are you watching your challah bread? Look, it's growing. So when it doubles in size, we can stick them in the oven. So you want to get rid of the seeds. You don't want any seeds in your capsicums. Okay? Yeah, just put them aside. So the baking itself is very quick. It's 15 minutes in the oven for the challah, and it's done. Okay? Because the ovens are boiling hot now. So the capsicums, after you peel them, they go into the mixer. All right. What's the pomegranate So that's for this recipe. So pomegranate molasses made of pomegranates. So it's pomegranates and I think sugar, all things that can preserve it. It's really yummy as a dip, as a sauce, as a dessert thingy, anything. It, come, it goes in a lot of Middle Eastern recipes. You can buy it in the um, Mediterranean warehouse. You can buy it in New World. You can buy it in Countdown. I found it. All right. What else goes in? So we, I sort of, again, doubled the recipe because it's a lot of us. And we need 100 grams of the fresh breadcrumbs. So, so the breadcrumbs will absorb the liquid, okay? So it won't be so... Now, if you're gluten-free, you can use gluten-free breadcrumbs. Or you can use almond meal. It's around a cup, I imagine. And we need some lemon juice. So, all right. So we need juice from one tablespoon lemon juice. I probably will... I will do one. Um, what else? One and a half. We need three teaspoons of cumin. So, where's the cumin? And now the chilies. Chilies. We need two teaspoons. Sorry? Do you leave the bread to rest for a while once you come out? Uh, you can a little bit because you don't want touching it when it's boiling hot. So just like until it cools down slightly. It's nice to eat it warm though. All right, what else do we need? We need some garlic. So, we need the walnuts. So, no, with not, it's not ready yet. It needs to be kind of nice. Come, come here, guys. I want to show you something before I continue. This is an important stage, okay? So you want the challah bread nice and brown colored. So you want this you want this nicely brown on the top and the bottom, okay? And you know that it's done when you knock on the bread and it sounds a little bit hollow, okay? Then you know that it's actually done inside and it's not nice and it's not gooey and doughy inside, all right? So probably we'll need another five, five to 10 minutes. Yay, all right, let's continue with our dip. All right, so we need some walnuts. So around the cup of the walnuts goes in and we need two tablespoons of olive oil yeah and we need the pomegranate molasses this one we need two tablespoons of that awesome all right it's all in one recipe what do we do now close the mixer 
on and open. All right. It's good, you don't need more salt? No, it's actually right, it's actually really good. Well done. There's a bit of a punch from the chilies. If you want, you can stick a fresh chili. That's another option. It will be a bit more sort of stronger flavor. Right, and when the bread is over, we can have our lunch. How awesome is that? So basically, that's it with the demonstrations. So thank you very much, guys. I'll just say a quick um, karakia, but I don't know if you have anything um, that you say before you eating bread or food. Yeah, we can just bless the, the Jewish yeah. blessing, yeah? yeah? Which is, Baruch Atah Adonai Elanu Melech HaOlam, Shekitshanu Mitzvotav, Vetzivanu, Lotzirechem HaAretz. Amen. Thank you so much. Many thanks to Rita for sharing her bread and dip-making skills on our very last Together Through Bread workshop. The recipes are available on the Together Through Bread Facebook page, and a podcast of this and all our other bread-making workshops is available on the Plains FM website. Just search Together Through Bread. Together Through Bread is a collaborative project with a communal loaf, Plains FM, and the Canterbury Workers Educational Association and has been supported by funding from the Ministry of Social Development.